Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to By the Word of Their Testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining me on the program again today. I'm delighted to have your company and in the studio I have a special guest the name is Kate Gariga. Yes. Kate, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's good to have you here. And I was able to actually read a little bit about your story. And I know, dear listener, that you'll be absolutely blessed by what Kate has to share. So, Kate, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you currently doing? Well, I was married in December, so I'm a new wife, a new stepmother to two teenage daughters. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I am a life coach uh, and pretty much a housewife, really, at the moment. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Now, there's also a uh, a musical component to your life, is that right? Yes, yes. I've just been recording uh, an album with Billy Otto. Oh, fantastic. It's so been fabulous as well. Is this your first album? This is uh, my second full album. Right. I've, I've okay. done a fair bit of recording. And so. if people want to hear your music, is it available online or it will how be. can they access it? It will yeah. be? Okay, um, fantastic. I'll put it everywhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, people look out and look out on social media. Yes. So if they want to find you on social media, is, are you easily found? Uh, yes, yes, I will be on um, Facebook. Uh, I'll be on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, I'll just put my music okay, everywhere. Everywhere, I think. great. And they just type in your name. Yes. Okay, and how do you spell Gariga? Can you just... It's G A R R I G A. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Bob, where would you like to start your story and share your testimony? Okay, well, I grew up um, in a Christian home. I hmm. uh, went to a Christian school, uh, Seventh Adventist. And um, when I was 12 years old, a prophecy seminar was held at my church. And I, I didn't understand everything, hmm. but I understood enough to realize that I wanted God as my God. <laughs> yes. I trusted him and um, I committed my life to him and I was baptized. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was good. I always had a very, very strong conscience. Hmm. Uh, as a child, I remember even doing tiny things that didn't hurt anybody. And I would feel so upset and cry myself to sleep at night and wow. repent. And then the next time, the next night, do the same thing. And I was just so overly conscious quite about a sensitive person very sensitive wow. yeah you know what we've lost so much sensitivity as a society um i, I read a book it's called patriarchs and prophets where um, we read there that adam and eve when they saw the first leaf fall from the tree and there was decay and death yeah they mourn more then than we do now over losing a child Wow. So that sensitivity is not a bad thing, but in society, typically, it can't be taken advantage of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't fabulous. But yeah, so I wasn't as connected as maybe I could have been with in my family. So I found music to be sort of a safe haven. I felt known and held okay. by music. I felt wow. like the music understood me. And, and I guess... Mm. 
for me. And that's the emotional connection as well, of course. You know, yeah. experiencing music like that, you can feel it. And that, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of felt like I one day wanted to um, to touch people's lives and mm. give back in a musical way as much as music had touched my life. Right. So growing up, I had some ups and downs as a teenager. In my, in my 20s, I really set about doing a music ministry. So okay. um, I just – I put everything into it. I, I did a, um, an album. I put $16,000 into an album and, and all my energy and time into um, going to different churches and singing and taking the, the service and um, things like that. And it was beautiful and I was very, mm. very sincere. And um, the only problem was that I I would pray about everything and I, I would say, okay, well, God will show me exactly what to do next. And so um, I felt that God was opening the doors and closing doors and and that's a very good thing mm, and mm. and um, you know I still do that today but I took it too far and I, I okay. started them. What do you mean by taking it too far? That's intriguing. Well I think that I imagined that every single step of the um, of all of my decisions were um, God led and preordained almost for me to Ah uh, okay yeah. right right. So it wasn't <laughs> I guess it was almost predestination. So it, sure, it was sure. like God had it all sorted and all I had to do was surrender to him and I would um, just live. It was almost like I didn't have to make any decisions. Mm. Um, so I understand. And, you know, that's not a, an uncommon uh, worldview, even amongst Christians. Yeah, uh, That's called, um, well, you've got benevolent theism, which believes that, you know, God loves us and all that. Then there's the other one, predeterministic theism, which means that everything's predetermined. Yeah. And while... There are variations of that. Quite often people actually have that view. Even in Adventism, I've come across it. Yeah. So it's not that uncommon. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, that's okay. Um, And I I didn't see a problem with that kind of theology. Some of my friends sort of warned me, and I was like, no, it's fine. I'm I'm happy and and Mm. things are great. Um, And... And it was fine until uh, in 2010, uh, the three main things in my life kind of all crumbled at the same time. And oh, three main things? Yeah. And I guess, um, well, my music ministry, my, my album didn't change the world like I thought it would. Oh. And there were a lot of disappointments. Mm. My um, relationship, I, I felt that God had, um, you know, created this man to be my husband and um, I was going to be his wife and we we're going to be partners in ministry and and that crumbled and the small group that I was in that um, you know I believed was of God that kind of crumbled and I sort of saw through a lot of things and and I just thought oh. yeah I I think so three yeah. key anchor points in your life yeah. just sort of disappointed you yeah mm. and I think at that stage the reason I was so shattered was because I fully believed that God was um, uh, orchestrating all three of those things yes. and then they were all gone. So I, I think I just questioned, okay, so if I, if that was my imagination, that was all in my imagination that God was leading me in those three areas, mm. what else am I imagining? Can I even trust myself with the ability to have faith in God? <laughs> because wow. where does yeah where does wow, he, that's a big question it well it was yeah mm. so where does he start and end and where does my imagination start and end mm. so it was very um that sounds very confusing it was confusing yeah. <laughs> very confusing yeah so um I kind of stepped back away from everything and I was grieving three things as well sure um and it'd be very stressful to go through yeah especially a person that's connected with their emotions yeah 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 wow yep 
Uh, so I, I then said, okay, what is absolutely true? What do I fully believe with all of my heart? What is, you know, biblical? Uh, I don't trust myself with the emotional um, side of faith. I'm just going wow, to... Wow, that is, that is amazing <laughs> that you would actually step away, try and step away from the emotion for a bit to just try and find a logical explanation mm. to everything and what truth is. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay, obviously for you to do that because that's not your natural makeup, I, I assume. No, no. Uh, that would have you would have been, you know, going through a very difficult time. Well, yeah, I think more difficult because I I always thought that I was a bit um, unintelligent, <laughs> and I. Well, you could have fooled me. I didn't know. I didn't pick up any of that. You sound very intelligent. To me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I grew up uh, just thinking that everybody else knew better, and so I was very much guided by other people and guided by my imagination of what what where God was leading and mm. um, things like that. So I think because I assumed that other people were always right and I had to sort of follow them, mm. um, I was very easily led um, and um, very influenced by, you know, the small group that I was part of. And then when that um, crumbled, I was like, okay, so what's true? I was kind of grasping for something solid <laughs> yeah. um, and something real and something biblical because, I, yeah, I, I wanted to trust only what was 100% like rock solid. Hmm. So I went to the Bible and I just said, okay, God is love. That is absolutely true. Um, uh, God is creator. Yep. Um, God sent his son to uh, pay for my sins, to die my death. That is 100% true. I believe that. Hmm. Uh, the rest of it though, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how he interacts with me. I'm not sure what a daily walk with God actually looks like. Um, and I just trusted that that would sort of just come in time. Uh, and so I, I sort of just laid it down for a bit and just went on with life. Okay, understand. Yeah. Um, wow. It just well, those are profound truths you just mentioned there, those three that you mentioned there, that right. God, you know, is love, that God is creator. Yeah. And what was the other one, sorry? Uh, that uh, Jesus died for my sins died and died sins. my death, yes. and, mm. uh, my second death. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought that, my faith would kind of grow in time and things mm. would just come back to a, a happy place for me. Um, yes. But I kind of found that I lost more and more faith. And over the next four years, I started even compromising in my values and morals and mm. things like that. And and it was tricky because I was working for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the conference office wow. as receptionist okay. um, in the Victorian conference. So you were in the hub there of spirituality, basically. Yeah, here. I was. And so I felt like such a hypocrite because I didn't have a close relationship with God. Everything um, didn't feel real to me at all. And I remember having conversations with the pastors that would come in and just say, I just feel really, really desperate. I feel like a hypocrite working here. You know, what can I do? And they would encourage me and, and share just beautiful wisdom with me, but nothing seemed to get through. Mm. But they did encourage me to stay there. They said, okay. it's good for you to rub shoulders with these people and be in this environment and you'll come around. Just just trust trust God. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can trust God. I just can't trust myself. Mm. Um, anyway, in 2014, I had an MRI-guided focused ultrasound. <laughs> so I know it sounds a bit complicated, but it does. Um, basically it was to heat up some fibroids in my uterus. Mm. And it was a very... Uh, simple, non-invasive procedure, um, and but there was one risk, and that risk was bowel perforation. 
Oh. And uh, I remember having the conversation with the doctor just beforehand. We were bantering and I was like, you be careful of my bowel. And he's <laughs> like, I'll be careful of your bowel. Don't you worry. And um, it was it was all lovely. And I, um, yeah, that night I felt fine. The so next you'd gone day, through the procedure at that time and uh, you felt good afterwards. Yeah, 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 felt good. And then uh, the following night I went to bed and I suddenly had a burning pain in my belly mm. and I thought oh that's interesting um, and then it just got worse and worse and worse and then I started feeling nauseous and so I contacted a couple of people to come over and um, I opened the door and I projectile vomited all over them Oh! <laughs> and I was like something's really wrong <laughs> um, anyway they ended up taking me taking me to the same hospital where I had the procedure Yeah. and um, they did all kinds of tests over the next few days and they found nothing. And I said, well, remember there was a risk for uh, bowel perforation. I'm worried about my bowel. And So you've got to come up with the uh, possible <laughs> causes of this, but the professionals have overlooked it somehow. Yeah, oh. yeah. So for three days I was like, check my bowel again, check my bowel. <laughs> no, mm. it's my bowel. <laughs> and they were like, no, no, um, you're fine. And they sent me home and I, I was very much struggling with that. And I just So said, your temperature, you would have had a temperature and a fever and everything? And, and constant throwing up. So um, you and can't hold anything down. So you're getting dehydrated? Uh, yeah, I think I was on a drip. I can't quite remember. Mm. Um, for a while, obviously not when they sent me home. Yeah. Um, Actually, so you're, sure you're in bad shape and getting worse, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my tummy was getting bigger and bigger and bigger just from all the, the oh. muck that was, you know, um, the contents of my okay, colon. Okay, so there is a perforation. There, yeah, there was yeah. a perforation. And um, so they sent me home and um, I stayed at my mum's and, and on the hour I was throwing up and then in the morning I was consistently throwing up. So um even though there was nothing more to throw up and it was just dry reaching. Yeah, it was just a horrible time and oh, so that is terrible. um yeah, um mum took me to the her GP <laughs> and I was like, I think I need to go to emergency. She's like, Okay, just come to the GP and, and he put the stethoscope on my belly and said, Go directly to the next hospital. Um you you have a bowel perforation. I was like, Yes, I told <laughs> I told everybody. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, um went to Marunda Hospital, a completely different hospital. Mm. Um and they said, Okay, quick emergency surgery um you're you know it had been five and a half days by that time so you can imagine um that i was okay. septic yeah and you dehydrated totally yeah and also you haven't been eating you probably haven't been able to eat no no if i'd try to eat something i'd throw it straight, straight up. up um so i they well, five and a half days of dehydration <laughs> is, is horrendous yeah mm. yeah it was pretty full-on and um i remember lying on the table just before going into the surgery and I, I had an honest conversation with God and I basically just said This is the first time now in four years really? Yeah, yeah Wow Because because before it was very much head mm, knowledge mm. and and only the bare facts and, and now it was like, okay God, I really need you mm. um, And I, I basically said to God, look I know that you know that I'm only coming to you because I'm desperate and scared. Very <laughs> um, honest. Yes, mm. and I don't want to be that person who um, lives an unfaithful life and then um, on their deathbed says, oh, okay, can you save me now? Um, and I don't want to take away from people that have done sure, that. Sure, because but it, I just, does ha it does happen, yeah. Yeah, but mm. I just, I don't know, I felt... But you're in a bad way. You don't know if you're going to survive the operation. Is that what's no, going through yes, your mind? Sorry, yes, I should have said that. So... Um, I was already in a very fragile state, um, mm. and this was emergency surgery. Um, they, I didn't know if I was going to make it. Um, the 
the doctors were very encouraging, but after a, after surgery, that's when they told me, um, uh, if you had have come in any later, if you were older, if you were not as fit or a smoker or a drinker, I don't think you would have made it. Wow. And so that's how serious it was. Mm. And I knew that. And I felt, I felt um, this, you know, the severity of, of the situation. Um, and I said, so God, I don't expect heaven <laughs> or anything so like that. So where are you at this time when you're having this conversation with God or oh, this prayer? On the table. <laughs> oh, on, on the bed. Sorry, on the bed waiting to go into Go surgery. into theater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've been prepped uh, pretty much. They're just waiting to roll you in. Yeah. 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 And so, um, God, I don't expect heaven or anything like that. Um, but I must i i need to know that you're with me um i need to feel your presence um and uh just to have your comfort um and your peace and mm. i was petrified before that honestly i i didn't know if i was going to live or die i was in so much agony and so nauseous um and honestly after that prayer i just felt peace it's all i felt wow <laughs> it came over me and i i was just like oh wow even though i don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve God's presence right now. Mm, he is you've been a little right rebel here. for four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yep. couldn't believe that God could be that good to you. Exactly. Well, praise yeah. God. Wow, yeah. what an experience. Even while you're there, deadly sick, Yeah. the peace of God comes over you. So God reveals himself to you through he his did. peace. When I needed him the most, when I was the most wow. desperate. Yeah. I've got to share a text. Please. I mean, this, is, this is one of my favorite texts. It's um, God is the most misunderstood person on this planet. Um, and we've inherited that from Adam and Eve. Basically, they've passed that on to us because they doubted God, they distrusted him, and they believed an alternative story from the devil. Mm-hmm. And because they gave into that and they became sinners, they had children after that, we, in a sense, inherit some of that fallenness you know, from them, that, that fallen human nature. The text I'm thinking of is actually Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, where the apostle Paul says something fascinating. He tells, tells us not to despise the riches and goodness and forbearance and long-suffering of God. He says, don't you know that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It's God's goodness. It's not, I mean, God is a just God, but he's a loving God. But it's his goodness in spite of ourselves. Yes. I mean, how can we save ourselves? We can't. We have a fallen humanity. We've sinned. We've fallen short of God's glory. Somehow God shows up not because we deserve it. That's what we call grace. Mm. Undeserved favor and merit and love. So thank you for bringing that out. That is just such a beautiful statement. If, if that's all you said in your testimony here, I think that's a powerful testimony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sorry, you. continue. I'm just... Ah, well, yeah. well, speaking of the love that you just mo- mentioned, uh, it's all I felt and all I saw for the next, um, I don't know, five weeks. Mm. I, um, I woke up and I just went, oh. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, that I'm alive. You're still here. Thank you. And, um, you know, all of the little things uh, that are part of recovery and healing, I was like, wow, that's so amazing. God can not only create us, but he recreates, like, um, you know, knits together all our the, the wounds. Like I had mm. a massive wound uh, down my stomach. And as that healed, I was like, that's just so amazing. And I think the biggest thing that I was worried about was after bowel surgery, you can have um, – 
if your bowel doesn't work on its own, you do have to have one of those the bags on the outside. Oh, okay, is it the colostomy bag or one of yeah. those things? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and so I had to wait until my bowel sort of woke up after it's been touched. It goes. It takes a few days to wake does. up, doesn't it? it goes yeah. into shock. Yeah, it does. And so I was like, oh, please Lord, <laughs> please Lord, please Lord, and I had all these people praying. And um, anyway, my first bowel movement happened, and I <laughs> put it all over Facebook and I messaged oh, all my wow. friends. Oh wow! Because this is big news for you, it's isn't big it? Big news. <laughs> In fact, it was hilarious because um, Jeff Yulden, he, um, you know, he's a fairly famous Seventh-day Adventist Yes, he does have quite a few programs here at 3ABN on television. Yeah, yeah so he called because he realized I was very sick and my friend answered the phone and said, oh, it's Jeff Yulden on the phone. And I was like, oh, Jeff, I pooed. And <laughs> <laughs> I just saw her jaw drop. <laughs> It was so hilarious. And Jeff obviously was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I've been praying for you. That's excellent news. And Mm. my friend's just like, but but she just said that she pooed to Jeff Hilton, you know. Yeah, Um, yeah. But, yeah, so everything was sort of falling into place and I was healing and recovering so beautifully. And then – but I was still in hospital and – uh, and the love that I got from people, it was just so beautiful. So people would text message their prayers and um, uh, encouragement and the visitors and flowers. And I had 20 kilos of edema. Um, wow. <laughs> from all the 20 toxicity. kilograms. And you're not yeah. a very big person already. I mean, no. yeah. Yeah, so um, so people would come and massage my, my legs because it was all kind of pulling um, towards, you know, the lower part of my body. And yeah. just the love that I felt was so beautiful. Um, now, where are these people coming from? Because you lost four years earlier, you lost your, like your friendship group there, basically, you know, the small group you belonged to. and yeah. I still had a lot of friends. I was still very connected. Mm. Yeah. But you must be blown away by the love that I these was, people are manifesting. I They're was. like representing the Lord in some ways to you. you exactly. Know? That's what I thought. I'm like, not only does God love me so much that he's, you know, giving me peace and his comfort, but he's comforting and sending his love through the people, like his mm. hands and feet. So yeah, wow. I was very encouraged by that. So the doctor came to me one day and said, uh, you are doing quite well, but your white blood cell count is still very high. Uh, we're going to have to cut you open again and flush you out more. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh no. no. How no, long no, no, after no, no. the first surgery is this I'm now? I'm pretty sure it was a week. Oh, so your wounds are starting to heal yeah. and all that, and now they want to open you up again. Yeah. Oh, how did you cope with yeah. that? Yeah, not well. And so I, I asked a lot of people to pray, mm. um, and I was praying. And um, just before this, the second surgery um, was due to happen, uh, I had friends coming with uh, vegetable juice and uh, garlic extract and olive leaf extract and vitamin C and all of these things. Okay. Um, and I, I drank the vegetable juice right up until, you know, the cutoff time before surgery. Surgery and mm. um, then I was transported to the the second hospital um, because there were experts in gynecology and colon mm. at the other hospital. And oh, incidentally, when I was going to the next hospital, I said um, to friends and family, "Don't come because I, I don't know when I'm going to be transported." And my friend Leslie, who was there just every step of the way, um, he said, "No, I'm coming." And when you're transported, I'm going to follow the ambulance all the way there. And um, and he was just there by my side the whole time. Oh, that's wonderful. And I was just like, "Thank you, Lord." Just just His love and the love of people just touched me so much. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was waiting for the second surgery now, and they took my took a blood test, and they said, "Ah." Oh, Actually, your blood test, your your white blood cells are coming down. Hmm. Um, maybe we, w- you know, we'll put off the second surgery. Oh, 
And I was just like, okay, keep praying, everybody. And yeah. um, anyway, it turned out that my white blood cells kept on coming down and down and down, and that was avoided. Um, oh, so you didn't have to go through the second no, surgery. Oh, yeah. you would have been so pleased. Yeah, mm. so there was a lot of praising God. But how are you feeling at the time? Because they were concerned that there might still be some uh, infection and yes. some, um, you know, I guess bodies in, in your system that's making yeah. you feel sick. Yeah, and that honestly took um, weeks to sort of recover from. Right. Um, I was pretty sick for a while and mm. I threw up so much my teeth will never be the same. But oh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I realized that God cares about the tiny sparrow, <laughs> about tiny Kate and her tiny bowel perforation and uh, more so being present to me when I really needed him the most. Mm. That's mm. beautiful, you know, that God does care so much for us and you notice the small things. Yeah, as I mentioned before, God is very misunderstood, but God is a very sensitive person. Um, we're even told that, you know, the um, the cross, the, the, the incredible suffering of Christ, that the cross is but a revelation to our dull senses of the suffering that the Father and the Son have experienced since the beginning of sin entering the world. You know, that separation that sin had caused between us and God, the separation in regards to not only um, you know, the fact that we uh, are doing the wrong thing contrary to self-sacrificing love, but the fact that our attitude towards God and our misconception of what God is really like, great separation and a distrust and a doubt and even animosity. But you mentioned there the little sparrows, and it reminds me of that text in Matthew chapter 10 where um, Jesus is speaking, and in verse 29 he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You know, as I'm getting older, and a lot of people say that, you know, the hair changes more often than it used to when you were younger, you know. But God knows exactly how many hairs at any instant given time. So even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So do not fear, therefore, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. So if God can see a little sparrow for a little bird, I think there's even a little song that the kids sing, you know, mm. a little Sabbath school or Sunday school song. Um, how much more does God care for us? And your story has actually demonstrated that at the time when you were desperate, pretty much you're on your last, you know, you were like moments away from mm. if you'd waited any longer, they don't know if they would have been able to help you. Yeah. God shows up for you. You call out in desperation after four years of practically probably not talking to God too yeah. much. Yeah. Mm, and I think there are many people, dear listener, you might be able to relate to that. I certainly can. I was probably seven years where I didn't really talk to God myself. But we thank you for coming in and sharing your testimony. Oh, thank you. Um, I'd like to do a little wrap-up before we say goodbye as well and then maybe talk a little bit more about your music if that is okay. Sure. So, dear listener, don't go away. We've got more coming your direction. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after this message. The Bible shows us what made the early Christian church successful in sharing the gospel. In Acts 1.14, we read these words. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They prayed and they continued with one accord. They were of one purpose, one mind. Their focus and their faith in God unified them. The early Christians weren't a fractured, divided lot. Yes, they had their challenges, and no, not everything was perfect, and later things unraveled. But when they came together in unity, God was able to pour out his Holy Spirit in ways not often seen. What do you think it would take for churches to be united today? I'll tell you, a focus on ministry, on mission, on putting God first. Unity worked for the early Christian church. There's no doubt it would work today. 
I'm John Bradshaw for It Is Written. Let's live today by every word. Dear listener, thank you for staying with us. My special guest in the studio is Kate Gariga, and we are talking about her life journey and her testimony, how she was raised as a Christian, how she had a head knowledge and understood a lot of the teachings of the Bible, but never had that personal experience with the Lord, an experimental faith. You were saying how God took you actually to the point of rock bottom. There was, I mean, moments in it, whether you would survive or not, this terrible operation that you had gone through. And at that time, your heart cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, the God of the Bible, reveal yourself to me. You have this wonderful experience where the peace of God floods your being. And you go in with this incredible connection with God. And you experience what you'd always heard about and had a mental assent to, but now it sunk from the mind into the heart. Yes. Now, you were talking during the program as well that you were trying to figure out in your life where feelings stop and faith starts. Have you figured that out already? <laughs> I haven't uh, 100% yet, uh, but it's a journey. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. The, th- the thing is that... Um, when I look at you, you look very well-rounded, very comfortable. And how can you have, I guess, a level of confidence and an anchor point even when you haven't figured everything out, unless you have figured it out already? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I have a, a benchmark of God's love. I He showed up for me personally. and so When I, you needed like, him the most. Yeah. Mm. And so I trust him and I know him on an emotional level. And I, you know, study the Bible and read the Bible and actually pray the Bible as well. And that helps. So do I. Okay. Sometimes I'm praying and then there's these texts flash into my mind. And then I'll open my eyes while I'm praying. I'll go and find the text and I'll read it and I'll pray it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do that often. Because it's a very true prayer. Mm. Um, you can't get that one wrong. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm cautious still to uh, say, okay, God's leading me to do this. Or um, if someone says, oh, God told me to do such and such, I I just think, okay, well, um, maybe not necessarily God told you to. Maybe he's given you skills in that area and um, you have a desire for that. Um, Mm. And I'm always... I'm not always say it out loud, but I, I sometimes do just say, oh, just be careful with that because it, it may not be God and that can be a slippery slope. <laughs> wow. that, well, that is good advice. You know, we are told in the Bible, First um, John chapter 4, we're told to test the spirits. Not every spirit that is out there is from God. Yeah. And so the spirit of God and other spirits will lead us through feelings and emotions and uh, impressions. So we've got to test those. So I think that's very good counsel. And I especially appreciate it coming from you who is a person that is musical, that is artistic and typically connected with your emotions. Um, That is just such a refreshing thing to hear from someone. And there'd be many out there who are emotional beings, you know, and they're connected to emotions. When the music plays, they can feel the music. They can live, Mm. you know, experience the music and and the ways that people who are a little bit more, more rational can't. And for you to take a rational view and balance it with your emotions is, is, is remarkable. And I think it's very biblical and good counsel for other people out there. Because more and more I hear people, oh, the Lord impressed me to do this or that. And then the outcomes are terrible. I know. I'm intolerant to that. Allergic. Allergic. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. But we are. We, God has given us an experience. God has given us emotions. So emotions... The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, a lot of those are emotions as well. Mm. They're principles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of our experience with the Lord. Yeah. So it's a matter of finding the right balance and then testing everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. What about people who 
um, you know, perhaps have called out to the Lord. And then it just seems like the Lord is silent. Uh, you obviously had this great experience where in desperation you called out to God, God showed up. Any thoughts or encouragement or experience you can share about that yourself where perhaps that's happened to you? Well, yeah. Four years before my surgery, uh, I did cry out to God and I was like, but did I make it all up? And, and I didn't hear anything. And I, mm. I felt... Um, I kind of felt like if I did pray, it would hit the ceiling, and um, and yeah, yeah, I, okay. I, I felt quite lost and disconnected, and and then I sort of started giving up almost. Mm. Um, but God so hadn't given up yet. God hadn't, no. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> and I guess yeah, I don't want to take away from those who haven't felt God because you know I haven't always, but mm. I think God knew that at that point I was desperate and that was a huge turning point for me in my life um, mm. and that I would share it far and wide <laughs> well, um, okay. so yeah it, it's, he's not always going to show up the way that you want him to um, or expect him to yes but um, well that's an encouragement for us because I mean sometimes we can give up a little bit too soon um, sometimes there's just things there's clutter that gets in the way it's too much noise if I can use that mm. word and we can't quite hear the spirit of God because even when he revealed himself to someone who had now almost become suicidal, he thought that that woman was going to kill him. Her name was Jezebel. His mm. name was Elijah. He flees. And then he says, Lord, just kill me now. I'm ready to give up. And then God comes to him. He wasn't in the whirlwind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He was in the still, small voice. Mm. And sometimes there's too much noise for us to hear the still, small voice. But, you know, when there's life or death and you sort of, you don't know how many more breaths you have left. And you're lying on that uh, theater trolley whatever they call it the yeah. bed they're rolling into and all of a sudden you have this amongst all the confusion you just have this crisp connection to god and say lord please i need to have you here now i need to know that you are real and that you love me and god shows up at that moment all the noise is taken away it's just you and god mm. almost a desperate cry yeah and god hears your prayer so thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for making yourself a little bit vulnerable and sharing some of these like more intimate moments, you know, that comes out of your soul. And dear listener, whatever you're going through at the moment, there's a God that loves you, that very much cares about you. And he loves all sorts and all types of people, you know, whether they're artistic, whether people claim that they're not intelligent, whether they are people that uh, you don't know why it is, but you just seem to rub people the wrong way. All those people God loves. He cares for, cares for you. And he wants what's best for you. So keep on reaching out to the Lord. Get those quiet moments where you can be honest with God and just allow God to speak to you through his word and also through his providence because God does lead as well. And when everything comes together, then you know it's of God. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming into the studio and sharing your testimony with us. Uh, you've actually been very efficient at sharing your testimony. You have a few moments up your sleeve, but this gives us a great opportunity to actually play one of your songs. Now, your album, Words That Won the War, has a special song in there that talks about prayer. Yeah. And it reminds me of your testimony. No doubt when you wrote this song, you were thinking of your own life experiences. This song is called Victory Prayer. And what I like about the title of this uh, the song is that prayer connects us with God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and through him we obtain the victory. Faith is the victory, and of course by prayer we are able to access the power of God because that actually demonstrates our trust and our confidence in God. And quite often it takes difficult circumstances like you were going through, you know, trial, tribulation, and your, your life is pretty much hanging in the balance. I mean, you're lying on that bed, 
and you're not sure whether you will actually make it through the surgery or not. Mm. And in desperation, after, of course, having four years that you mentioned that you uh, never prayed or spoke to God, you in desperation cry out. And uh, you're just about to be rolled into theater. And then somehow God reveals himself to you. Your prayer is the God that I read about in the scriptures. Please reveal yourself to me. And you say his presence is power. And this incredible peace floods your soul. Mm. Regardless of what is going to happen moving forward, you can trust God. And your song talks about the all-powerful God that is actually more powerful than our flesh. And he can bring healing. And he can do that even through science. And he can do it miraculously if he chose to do that. And then you talk about how important it is then to receive the power of God through the Holy Spirit, that we actually walk in the Spirit. And there is a text in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 that says, If the Spirit of him, that is of God, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Then you talk about the importance of the Word of God that Jesus says in his prayer there in John 17 that we are to be sanctified by the word of God and that the word of God is truth and how the word of God tells us that Christ is for us and that Christ is with us as well. Then you praise God and you thank him for his goodness and how we actually, when we do pray and we pray this victory prayer, we pray in the name of Jesus and how important it is for us to surrender ourselves to God, to trust him and to call on him by faith and to do that in prayer and that not our will, but God's will is to be done. And we are to walk in this victory that we receive in Christ Jesus. And in John chapter 16, verse 33, we read the following. It says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, and you experience tribulation yourself, that life or death scenario just before you went into theater. Yes. But he says, But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we can pray that victory prayer because of the victory of Jesus Christ our Lord. So thank you so much, Kate. Appreciate your time and all the best for the future. May God continue to guide, lead, and bless you. Thank you. Thank you, listener, for joining us today. We look forward to catching up with you next time. We hope that you enjoy the song as well and pray that God would bless you as you listen to it. God bless.
Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Casey Butler, and I want to welcome you to Healthy Living Around the World. I'm on site at Hopelia Lifestyle Centre in Romania, and my guest today is Alexandru Anitza. Welcome, Alexandru. Thank you. Hello. Would you like to share with me today where you are from? I am from Romania. Okay, which part of Romania? From the east, from Galatia. Okay. Yeah. How far away is that from here at Hogaria? Six, seven, eight hours. Oh, like wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's a little ways yeah. drive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how did you come to be here at Hogaria? Um, for me, it is a, is a quick story. It was, I was preparing to do the next thing, to go to, I wanted Marine Academy. This was my goal, to oh. go to Marine Academy, yes. uh, to become deck officer and eventually captain on a cruise ship. This was my dream. Wow. And I had many options available. I was accepted in Cyprus, mm-hmm. in many places. I was thinking where to go, but complications, complications, time was running out. Yes. And the way I came to know about Hergelia, my mom said she got contacted by the husband of an old friend of hers and which happened to be the director and I ended up doing the interview and was accepted and here I am it was all very quick that's interesting so then like you hadn't heard about it when you first when they first spoke to you about coming here like what what did you think were you interested in coming to a place like this it's very different to being you know studying marine work and being on a ship yeah, I didn't know what to expect. However, I had heard of, throughout my life, I heard of Hergelia, but only about the sanitarium. Okay. I didn't really know much, neither did my mother, only about the sanitarium we ah. had heard. Um, and when I heard it was a school, mm-hmm. I also didn't know what to expect. I was thinking it's a school with hundreds of students. I didn't know what to expect. Okay. I've never heard of mission school. Yes. So it was very different than what I expected, but it was a blessing and I did not regret it. Oh, good. So then when you've come here, how big is the school? Well, when I came uh, after a few days, because I was uh, the third or fourth student, after a few days, it was a small group of seven only. Oh, really? Only seven, yeah. That's quite a small group, isn't it? Yeah, with students from all over the world. Amazing. Ah, yeah. so lots of different yeah. cultures and perspectives all coming together. Yeah. yeah, actually, I was thinking that I'm the only one who's going to be flying in because at the time I was in the UK and I was thinking I'm going to be the only one flying in. But actually, there was only one who didn't fly in. So there oh. were students from Ecuador, from uh, Czech Republic, yeah. from from Mexico, from all over the place. Wow, so quite a diversity of nationalities here yes. in this, this intake of students. Yes. Mm. So tell me then about yourself in terms of your connection with a healthy living and healthy lifestyle. Did you... Did you have any knowledge or practice of healthy living or healthy lifestyle before you came to Hergelia? 
Not really, in many aspects, not really. Okay. Um, I knew certain things, but I didn't really put many of them into practice, especially in regards to eating, uh, not eating late at night. Oh. This was one of the biggest changes when I came here, mm. from being used to eating at 10, 11, 12, 1, wow. uh, to eating at 6.30. And I can say, just this change can completely change your health. Is that right? Yes. Ah. This is one thing which I would recommend to everybody to do it. Last meal, 6.30. Wow, so is is eating late um, sort of like a normal thing from your in your country, in your background? Um, yeah, my grandparents at home eat even later. And now I'm trying to explain to them what I've learned here. But, okay. but also when I was uh, in the UK... Um, myself, when I was mm. living on one, I was also doing this kind of thing. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not so healthy food either. It's really not good. So yeah. that's been a really significant yeah. change that you've learned while you've been here. Yeah. And what kind of benefits have you experienced from adopting that lifestyle habit? Um, first of all, if you're eating extremely late, you're also not going to sleep because you're eating. So okay. so first of all, when you eat earlier, you will also end up sleeping earlier. Uh-huh. Then while you sleep, the body truly rests. And when you wake up, you can wake up early, not mm. uh, 11, 12. You can wake up early and not just to wake up early, but to wake up early full of energy too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you get all of those benefits. Yes. It has a carry on effect. Yeah. It would be right till the next day. Like you would wake up feeling bright and good, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, wow. The difference is huge. Yeah. That that's that's amazing. I guess when it's something that's breaking a cultural trend that has been so persistent in your own background, that's probably been quite a breakthrough for you, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um now are there any other lifestyle yeah, things that, that you've heard here there's and learned here? Another one would be um, a more specific one yes related to hydrotherapy okay so hydrotherapy of course is practiced at the sanitarium yes but also you can do it in your home ah. and um, in the simple way of having showers so oh. so if before I was having just hot showers mm-hmm. at one point I started to do alternating shower and um, what do you mean by alternating by hot and then cold oh and then hot and cold or just once that's also one alternation and since i did this yes it's incredible how such a simple thing can bring so many benefits first of all yes you don't get a cold after ending with cold shower Interesting. second of all you don't feel so cold in the winter this is in the winter you mean you have these showers in the winter and no but in the winter is when you would feel cold by oh, yes, coming yes. up from the warm shower only. But ending yes, with yes. cold and the contrast is so good. Uh-huh. And uh, third of all, the most interesting point is how it helps you to heal. I would okay. get cut, I would get into accidents and alternating shower would probably help you heal 10 times faster. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Because a lot of people, like it's in, it's almost like a myth for people. They think, oh, if I, if I have a lot of cold, I'll get cold or catch a cold, like you're yeah. saying. But yeah. you're saying, no, that's yeah. not the case. You're Completely. being stronger. Yeah. So what, what is your understanding of the reason why it works? So um, what happens is vasodilation. When you use hot water, the blood vessels dilate. They become bigger. They relax and let the... Yeah, let more blood flow through. But then, as soon as you do the high contrast, 
and then you put cold water, mm -hmm. really cold water, the mm -hmm. higher the contrast, the better. The vasoconstriction occurs, they okay. constrict, and then the blood rushes through. Oh, yeah. right. So you can tell that this has many benefits. Okay, so its, it's benefits are connected with improving blood flow, is blood that correct? Blood flow, therefore oxygen mm -hmm. um, is being sent to the different parts of uh -huh. the body. Okay. And um, a ton of benefits happen from this yeah wow yeah, including that's mood mood so yes. mentally and physically okay multiple things yeah. that's that's very good yeah. so it's um very powerful and what i like about that is it's something simple that anyone can do at home yeah anyone can do it at home yeah yeah so what would you say is the best way to do it like how much hot how much cold um the best way to do it is this is in normal situations when you don't have any burns or mm -hmm. things like that mm. um, is to go as hot as you can have your shower clean mm. and then do this at the end so um, the ideal is three minutes hot and 30 seconds cold okay yeah but mm. and seven times seven between, times between four to seven times wow but, but just how Irritating. in the bible we hear about the number seven and yes. how good it is so <laughs> i think this would also be good to do seven times yes um so 30 seconds cold and uh -huh. then and then uh three minutes hot again mm -hmm. and finishing on cold but if you only do it once it's still good so you have okay. your hot shower and then even if it lasts for 15 minutes and then end with cold even this is hydrotherapy yes so, so anyone can do it mm, anyone can mm, do it mm. and um, if you do it every day you just short shower this is really good and will if you do it in the morning it will uh, pump you up for, for the day, the day. Yeah. <laughs> that's good that's so that's yeah. so nice a lot of people need something to pick them up at the start of the day so there you go you've given a nice a healthful recommendation for that i like that that's that's so encouraging mm -hmm. and i like what you said about how it helped mentally as well help you have a sharper mind mm -hmm. and uh, sort of along those lines what i'm wondering is whether how your experience here with a healthy lifestyle has helped you spiritually what what's been your experience with that so when we have a clear mind mm -hmm. we can also hear the the voice of god clearer mm, mm. and this is what god wants us to have a clear mind mm. uh, so all these things eating early will help us to have a clear mind um, eating not too much is also going to help us to have a clear mind although i'm still working on that one yes. but <laughs> in the last meal of the night it should be smaller okay but um the fact that it's early allows mm. the food to digest and then the last moments of the day you can spend it reading praying uh, and not just feeling like oh, you just need to lie down and go straight to bed after right. your meal so you have a clear mind and god can speak to you and you can hear it ah uh, that's that's very important isn't it yeah because um we know Jesus says about eternal life being knowing God. And I mean, if you're going to know someone, you've got to be able to talk to them and hear them back, you know. So this sounds yeah. like it's it's very important part of our spiritual experience to be able to have what, yes. what you're sharing. That's that's really, really yes. powerful. Yeah. So now a lot of people come here to Hagelia to perhaps change their lifestyle, um, maybe look for a fresh start. If you were to meet someone like this who is wanting to adopt some lifestyle changes for the better, what, what would you say to them? What would you recommend? Are there any things that you have learned in your experience that have helped you maybe be motivated or stay on track? 
what, what would you say? So what I would recommend to someone who wants to change their lifestyle is the program of a day. Okay. Which they should uh, use to slowly change their current routine into a more healthy routine. Mm -hmm. Starting with um, water in the morning, drinking water in the morning, first of all, and then time with God. Oh. Time with God is so important. Um, followed by exercise. Okay. And then um, that's when the hydrotherapy could come in, could have some nice shower, ending yes. with cold just after the exercise. And then big breakfast, big healthy, ah. healthy breakfast. Um, and this is early in the morning, yes. not late. So no brunch, no breakfast slash lunch, only breakfast okay. early in the morning. Then lunch will have its, own, its place too. So by starting like this in the morning, it um, prepares the way for a good day. And therefore, if mm. there's depression, any mental problems like this, after a good few days of this, one week, two weeks, yes. you, can, you can no longer feel depressed like this because... You have a routine which mm. puts you into action. And when you put yourself into action, when you have something to do, yes. and I'll go into that in a minute, your mind is always occupied and not on negative things, but positive yes. things. So, okay. so exercise, word of God, eating healthy, and then you go about your day. But one other thing is mm. helping others. The biggest, the best thing is mission. Right. So a life without mission surely will lead to depression at some point or another or mm. unsatisfaction. You can never be fully satisfied unless you give. Wow, that's powerful. That is so powerful. Yeah, so, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that people need to have a plan of what they're going to do throughout the day if they're wanting to make changes and then run with the plan and then have an outward focus. That's so good. I think that's very helpful advice for people and very relevant, as you say, about depression. You know, sometimes it's because people may be a bit aimless in their life and so they, you know, they don't have something to live for and then they can go down in a dark spiral. Yeah, I like what you've shared there. That's very... Yeah, very and for young people, for young yes. people especially, mm. um, now, with all the technology and everything, yes. mm. the last thing that almost all young people do before bed is mm. go on their phones ah. and spend time on their phones. And this is a big mistake because okay. um, in so many ways. So what I would recommend to them mm. is one hour before they fall asleep, you completely let go of any phone, screens ah. or anything like this. And the last hour at least should be spent with family and then God. Okay. The last hour of the day, or yes. else, or else, this also contributes to mental illness and therefore, and eventually depression too. Mm -hmm. What time we've got? Time spent with family. This is the way to end the day, not mm. with the phone, not mm. with technology. Yes, yeah. I like that. I think it would help a lot of, a lot of people if they had that plan. Mm, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives. I think it sounds like you're speaking from experience. Like yeah, too. The, these things are, are things that you've experienced the benefits of and you're wanting yeah. other people to have that too. So that's, that's really wonderful. It's so good to meet young people who have a passion for this kind of thing because yeah. it's, it's always good to start at, at the beginning of the life Yes. and have that flow through the rest of the years yes. um, so that's a real blessing well thank you so much for sharing with us today we've been recording here live in Romania at Hergelia Lifestyle Center um, our guest has been Alexandru Anitza and um, I'm your host Casey Butler and thank you so much for tuning in to Healthy Living Around the World God bless you all
find eyes to see the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.